Hey guys, I don't know if you know this, but I love biohacking. I love testing out new foods, new supplements to feel my best, look my best, perform my best. That's why I'm so excited that we partnered up with Neurohacker. They're sponsoring today's podcast. So this is something new, Senolytics. These are cutting edge ingredients that are making waves in the world of healthy aging. If you're looking to optimize your energy, feel your best no matter what your age, you definitely have to start researching this. This is why I'm super excited to be talking about Qualia Senolytics. See, as we get older, these things called senescent cells build up. They're basically old, worn out cells that hang around and mess things up. They cause aches, slow recovery, a general blah feeling. Think of them as zombie cells. Qualia Senolytic gives your body a kickstart to clear those out. Think of it like a deep cleaning for your body on the cellular level, making way for your good cells to thrive. Honestly, before I tried this, I was a bit skeptical, but guys, the difference blew me away. Within a few months, energy levels are through the roof. I felt sharper. My workouts felt better. This middle-aged sluggishness, it's gone. And you can take quality, this middle-aged sluggishness, mostly gone. So if you're ready to fight those aging effects at the source, head over to neurohacker.com slash success pod. That's neurohacker.com slash success pod for up to $100 off and use the code success pod for an extra 15% off your order. And just a quick disclaimer, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food or Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And this review represents my personal experience and opinions and is not a guaranteed promise or reflection of anyone else's results. I was given free product in exchange for this endorsement. Welcome to the Success Story Podcast. I'm your host, Scott, and I'm very happy to be speaking with Nicholas. Oh, actually, you know what? I should double check. Nicholas uh, Vandenberg. Yeah. Vandenberg. Okay. <laughs> good, good. I always I always should check just to make sure I don't mispronounce. Yeah, right. that makes sense. Right. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Success Story Podcast, where we speak with incredible leaders and mentors who have achieved success through trials, tribulations, wins, and losses. Uh, I'm your host, Scott, and today we're going to be sitting down with Nicholas Vandenberg, who is the CEO and co-founder of Chili Piper. Uh, now, Nicholas has uh, an outstanding career in, uh, in business, uh, obviously coming from selling newspapers in the streets of Paris uh, to receiving his MBA at Stanford. He has started and sold three tech companies with uh, each over 65 employees and 11 million revenue. He's ran sales teams for $2 billion telecom, telecom firms. Uh, he's worked with companies to the extent of Google, so obviously the Fortune 100 selling into that space. Uh, in 2016, he co-founded his fourth startup, which is what we're going to talk about today, uh, Chili Piper, and uh, he is really a pioneer in buyer enablement and sales conversion. Uh, the company is fully distributed, leveraging global talent um, with employees in 28 cities in 12, and 12 countries. Um, it's a scheduling platform uh, and some brand names that are using it right now. So Intuit, uh, Square, Twilio, um, and over 300 current customers uh, worldwide. Now, uh, Nicholas Bootstrap Chili Piper uh, passed 2 million annual recurring revenue uh, before attracting any sort of seed funding. So this is uh, something that he's built out entirely from the ground up on his own. So a, a whole bunch of accolades on your resume. Um, thanks for thanks for joining us and uh, and maybe, you know, do a better job than me at telling your own story. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. Uh, no, that sounds about right. Yeah, as um, I'm sure everybody would be able to tell, I'm originally French. I grew up in the south of France. Um, my plan was to travel around the world, spend uh, a year here and there. Uh, so I decided that I'd apply to business school in the US. I landed in Stanford with the plan to go next to Hong Kong. And when I got to Stanford, a classmate of mine called Steve Jerverson invited Steve Jobs to come to talk to us. And Steve uh, came, sat on the floor. At the time, it he was running a company called Next. And the joke was uh, he was going next to nowhere. So uh, he was very humble, not like the late year Steve Jobs. At the time, he was struggling, like we all do uh, entrepreneurs at some stage. Uh, 
And when I heard him, I thought, that's what I want to be when I grow up. At the time, you know, he wasn't the superhero. He was just a very determined tech entrepreneur. And I thought, this is such a cool uh, life. I like to create products and bring them to market. And so I scrapped my Hong Kong plans. I, uh, I stayed in the Bay Area. And um, as soon as I graduated, I started a company. And as fate would have it, my partner in my first company was John Scully. So Steve Jobs' nemesis, completely randomly. It's just uh, I was introduced to him when he was the CEO of Apple. Or he had some ideas, some technologies, and we decided to go in business together. So that, that has been a funny uh, twist in, in my start. And ever since I've been doing a tech company, as you mentioned, uh, I had three uh, successful um, build and exits in the tech world. For a while, I thought I'd become a venture capitalist because, you know, um, that's what entrepreneurs become when they grow up. (laughs) 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 They just sit on the other side and say, why don't you try harder? Like these days, I hear venture capitalists say, uh, yeah, I think uh, entrepreneurs need to cut their salaries, you know, and thinking, Oh yeah, how about you cut your salary? You know, <laughs> <laughs> show me how you do it. <laughs> Send me a screenshot. Um, but anyway, I, I that wasn't for me. Uh, uh, so I went back to create a, a new company, in, in, as you mentioned, uh, early 2016, focused on sales and technology for salespeople. What I um, I had experience is that. Um, as you mentioned, a part of my experience, I had run a sales team for telco companies. I was helping a friend build a, build a, a telco company. And uh, I was uh, amazed that when I put everybody on Salesforce, there was a big, big resistance to using Salesforce. And, you know, you hear often people say, I don't pay you your commission if the deal is not in Salesforce. And I thought, this is crazy because, uh, you know, my daughter, I, I don't say I don't give you your allowance if you don't use your iPhone, you know, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> the other way around, I say I won't give you allowance if you continue using your iPhone so much. Um, so I think that this is, this is uh, going to change. I mean, digital technology is going to happen to sales. And, uh, and when you think that and you uh, an entrepreneur, I think, well, I'm going to do it, right? So that's how I got started. I've, I love sales. Uh, as you mentioned, I, I did uh, fund my, my um, undergrad studies with um, sales jobs, including selling newspapers. I really enjoyed it because I did very well at it. Um, you know, I sold, outsold everybody four to one uh, in the street. So I thought this is perfect. I'm going to do something um, that I'm really passionate about uh, at the right time. And hence, GD Paper started. So... Oh. You, you now let's let's bring it to you went through like your your career is extensive. So, do you have any sort of like the three companies that you had before Chili Piper? I want to speak about Chili Piper, but I want to speak about the three companies as well. When you went into these, you were successful in all of them. Did you have some sort of strategy or mindset that allows you to build out companies? Is it just passion that drives you? What drives you to build out these successful companies? So. There are, uh, to simplify, two types of serial entrepreneurs. There are serial entrepreneurs who have a strong, strong expertise in a particular problem, and they're typically technical entrepreneurs, and they just come up with new ideas around that problem. Um, so that's not me. Uh, my three companies were very different. Um, the first one was consumer software, or John Scully, so it was consumer marketing. My second one was e-commerce, uh, B2B, and the third one um, was biometrics, face recognition. So as you can see, very, very diverse. All over the map. Yeah. Yes, all over the map, you could say. Yes. So, so obviously, um, you're right. The, the main commonality is this drive and passion that I want to bring to market a new product. Every time is a new challenge. The consumer software is all about distribution. How can we get the distribution? In the e-commerce, uh, it was a, an online solution. There was a B2B model. The um, biometrics was yet another completely different animal dealing with government and security. So uh, so the, 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 um, the one thing that they do have in common is, is uh, in, in all of them, uh, I had to figure out 
the right product for the right market, right? So, so what, what everybody knows is product market fit, which is mm-hmm. the key thing. And once you've got a sense for product market fit, you need to figure out the distribution. So you need to have a, a way to distribute your product that, that's going to uh, um, scale. And that product market fit, uh, I, I think, is something um, that uh, relies on a certain talent. Uh, this ability to uh, some people call it visionary, and for the longest time, I say, "What visionary?" It sounds like somebody yeah, yeah. who's on LSD and say, <laughs> 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 "You know, I spoke too much jobs. I am a visionary." Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but but I think if you think of a market vision more in the sense of uh, market intelligence, that is, you you understand what's motivating people and and what problem they have. Uh, that's the key to product market fit. So I would say to answer your question is what's what's common success for sure the, the the drive matters but this other piece is this ability to understand markets and and the willingness to dig into them and and look at the data and interview people and and talk to a lot of potential customers that market intelligence is is definitely uh, a key success factor in in doing uh, startups I think that um, it's something that I don't know if it's purposeful that you you found that you have a passion for or it could have been accidental because like you mentioned, you you know, three startups. Yeah, you could be a VC, but you dove into a fourth one. So why why did you decide to continually build new things when you could have taken a break, taken a step back? So I did take a break, a long break. <laughs> I uh, worked on my tennis. I had a chip on my shoulder that uh, I hadn't got to the level where I wanted when I was in college. So in my, uh, what was that, in my 40s, I think, I, I went back on, uh, I mean, amateur stuff. But anyway, I, I, I took some time off. Uh, but at the end of the day, you say, okay, now it's time to go back to work. Uh, for me, it's, um, there's nothing I'd rather do. I mean, other than family time, there's nothing I'd rather do than, than working on, the, on these uh, new companies and products and go to market. It's just, it's just a super fun stuff. So... Um, that it's just uh, as it's like a, it's like a musician. They say I have a great quote for that. In the music, in the in the film uh, Frida Kahlo, yeah, you see uh, Salma Hayek who plays Frida Kahlo go to Diego Rivera and say, Diego, I want you to look at my paintings and tell me if it's worth for me to continue. Should I continue or should I stop? Am I am I talented enough as a painter? And the answer is, he tells her, this is worthless for me to look at your paintings because if you have it in you, you will do it, whatever I say. And if you don't have it in you, then you should stop already. And that's how it feels. It feels with this uh, entrepreneurship. Look, if you have it in you, that's what they're going to do. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do it. So it was just a matter of a good opportunity. Uh, and as I mentioned, the tool for salespeople uh, uh, was a super exciting opportunity for me. I thought, look, this thing is going to change. So it's happening, right? I mean, somebody's keeping track of how many tools, new tools they are for salespeople. And uh, it was like uh, 200 four years ago, I think. Then 300, 500, no, it's 800 new new companies yeah. doing tools for sales tech. So I'm not the only one who's seen it. I'm no, no, you're, you're not the only one who's seen it. Um, I agree, because actually... I, I'm going to let you keep going, but I want to just bring up a point that I read on, on the Chili Piper website. Um, and it was, it was the change in what a salesperson is from somebody who was, yeah, like a wine and dine type, you know, extroverted, uh, like almost like death of a salesman type salesman. Um, right. And now the salesman is, you know, incredibly aggressive revenue targets, always on, always connected leveraging tech, leveraging automation, like all these different tool sets. So the life of a salesperson is is difficult. It's very difficult. And the expectations are exceedingly just just being pushed onto sales individuals. And I don't want to go too much down the path of, of, of like, you know, the the issues that are that I see in today's sales environment all the way from uh, like entry level all the way through to management director VP and how we manage and how we motivate and and the value we give to salespeople. But you're right, like the sales landscape is changing. So there's a lot of these tools and and for good reason, too, because I think people need them to to survive, really, yeah. to be quite honest. You're exactly right. It's, it's got a, 
a lot more competitive for salespeople and uh, and if they uh, don't endorse uh, and adopt uh, the tools they're going to be left behind that's for sure yeah right. so what is so chili piper um let's let's speak a little bit about what problems what problems is it solving yeah a very simple problem uh so simple that for when we started, I said that cannot be right. I cannot be the only one who sees that problem. But it turns out it, it was the case. Um, B2B marketing, B2B companies spend a lot of money in marketing to bring traffic to their website. Then they work hard to get them to engage. So uh, fill a form and say, um, request a meeting with us, talk to sales. And when the prospects fill the form and submit the form, he or she gets a thank you page that says, thank you, somebody's going to call you. And then they left wondering, well, who is going to call me and when? So it happened to me when uh, I wanted to buy LinkedIn Navigator for my team and I went to a LinkedIn website, I submitted the form and I guess somebody's going to call you. And then a week later, nobody had called me. It turned out somebody did call me. It was a 408 number and I didn't pick up because I don't know anybody well mm -hmm. in 408. At least I didn't know this number. And so I missed that call. It turns out companies lose more than half their pipeline to that process of somebody calling back, but by now it's too late. And that didn't make sense to me. So we built what we call a concierge for your website. So it's a little JavaScript. When the prospects submit the form in real time, we take the data, we qualify the prospect, so we make sure it's a valid prospect. Then we find the right rep that should be in touch with that person. We dial the rep. We dial the prospect, they're connected. And if the rep is not available, uh, we can retrieve the calendar's availability of the rep, display them to the prospects, and say, here, pick a time. Either way, the prospect is uh, as instant gratification that uh, they either on the phone with the right person or uh, the time schedule for that for the, with this person. And the magic happens, the conversion rate double, right? <laughs> Which we didn't yeah. expect. So yeah. when people the, people no longer lose their pipeline and, uh, and they... Uh, um, go from typically the industry ba barrier pre-chili paper is 40% conversion, which means that companies lose more than, than they lose 60 out of 100 people who want to talk to them. And with chili paper, you get to 80 to 90%. So you, you double from 40% to an 80 to 90%. And we're still working on this extra 10% that we don't want to lose, but uh, at least uh, now we, we, uh, we, we have a reasonable conversion rate. So that's what Chili Pepper does. It's called Concierge. Uh, we, as you mentioned, uh, we have a lot of very visible uh, companies as customers. And uh, around that, so we do much more than scheduling. We we connect by phone. We follow up. We um, we uh, send emails for uh, for those who haven't booked the ten percent to catch this text person. We are very well known for scheduling still because we do a really good job of presenting these options and doing it in a, in a clever way. So typically companies say, hey, I want uh, all my teams to use Chili Pepper for scheduling because you do such a good job with it. So we we have had a net revenue retention of 140% because companies just extend us to their other teams and, and they always find a ways to, creative ways to... Uh, to, uh, to, to use us, um, for example, uh, Forrester is a big customer. They use us to book meetings with the analysts, which is their core business. And there's a lot going on around that process, right? You have to open a Salesforce uh, case, then you have to assign to the right analyst. There may be more than one analyst. You have to combine their availability. You have, they have the, the uh, customer success rep to attend the meeting. Uh, you have to update Salesforce afterwards. So the whole bunch of things that need to happen and we do it in off the shelf in one in one step so that that's our business we've been doubling year over year and uh, you know it's a relatively easy to sell solution because the ROI is so obvious now it turns out that people don't actually make decisions better based on ROI so I should qualify that statement uh, if people just decided on ROI, uh, our sales process would be 30 seconds. Uh, Eternal people have more other concerns, like how much time does it take to deploy? Do I need to change my process? And that's why uh, our sales team is uh, doing a really good job in, in handling these concerns. But uh, the solution benefit is very clear. 
you know, it's, it's funny because, um, it's solved it. Like, again, it's another automating tool, but it's not, it's like, I think a lot of automation tools, sales automation tools are focused on reaching the customer. So how do you send the most amount of emails to the most people? How do you connect to the most people on LinkedIn or whatnot? But this is just basically removing all the administrative tasks and the manual tasks from, from after you bring that lead in, which I, I, I don't know the stats, but I do know that I've seen studies on how many, uh, the percentage of time that sales reps don't actually spend on selling. So this is just another, another like, I, I really actually enjoy, I, I saw that it was a scheduling tool. I didn't realize it had the phone component because I think the phone component is a very, I've never heard of that piece before where you have that automatic connection between the sales rep and the prospect. Um, so what do you, like, what results do you see when, because you said you don't sell an ROI, but that's fine. You can sell on, you can sell a little bit on ROI. So <laughs> no, what no, do I, say, I, say, I say, I wish I could sell on ROI because ROI is so strong. Uh, it's more like buyers don't buy on ROI. It's surprising, but it's true. Um, or at least they buy on a more um, broadly evaluated ROI than, than, uh, than we know. So uh, uh, say differently, you go to a buyer, say, this is the ROI you're going to get. Typically, they'll, they'll discount what you say. They won't believe you and, yeah. uh, and won't make them buy. And, uh, fair enough. So you have to do a bit more work. Now, there's... So the, the, the product itself makes a ton of sense. Um, but I want to, I want to, I want to sort of pick your brain because like you, now you're a Forex entrepreneur. So there's obviously business lessons that you've learned, uh, that are agnostic of, of product and industry. So when you bring something like this to market, um, you know, you've brought this to market successfully, but there's also a strategy you've employed, uh, where you're using uh, a fully distributed, uh, workforce, which I thought was very interesting too. Mm -hmm. Why did you Why did you choose to do that? It, it, with because now it works well with what we're <laughs> dealing with right now. But traditionally, that's not something that a lot of people do. Because in January two thousand sixteen, I thought, what if a virus happens <laughs> and then we need to work from home? I say, okay, let's do it. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know there were two reasons why why uh, we did that. Um, the first reason, uh, and when I say I say we. Um, my wife Alina is my co-founder. She was running, uh, she was she had very senior positions running product at Bloomberg and Pearson, and eventually she wanted also to uh, uh, um, cut her teeth in the entrepreneurial world. So we started the company together, and we have this fundamental belief that there are smart and talented people everywhere. Often, I find that. Uh, people are a bit naive about the, that aspect of life. So they'll say, oh, the Russians are like this, the Chinese are like that, the, the Brazilians are like this, or the, you know, and we all sorts of cliche. Actually, all sorts of funny joke about these cliches. But um, what we're finding is that there are talented people everywhere, in Russia, in China, in Brazil, in the US, in other places. And so our first Principal said, let's find them wherever they are and let's not restrict win Brooklyn right now. Uh, our pool of talent to Brooklyn makes no sense when there's an entire world out there. So that was the number one reason. Let's get access to talent everywhere. And the second reason is uh, now it's 2020. A lot of work is done on the computer and, and can be done online. As a result, you don't have to be in a particular place to do your work. You can be anywhere. And Alina and I love traveling. We love being in different places. Every summer, I spend at least a month in, in Europe, in France, and at least even more like five to six weeks. And I want to be free to do that. And if I want to be free to do that, I want my employees to be free to do that. I want them to live where they feel happy. So that's the second reason. Say, we hire you wherever you are, and then you go wherever you want, and you live the life you want, as long as you're productive. There are every tool needed to be productive uh, remotely so it's working beautifully and um and the other thing that i wanted to, to touch on so that makes a lot of sense uh was actually before i go into the the marketing and the take to market of this of chili piper was it difficult to build that out or have you had experience like doing this before with previous companies i, I had experience uh, working with multiple locations so i had experience with uh, an office in paris uh, an office in san francisco or uh, I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. 
Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there, juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list 
and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much indeed for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. You know, these kind of configuration. So I could tell that that you can work remotely. Um, I never gone fully distributed. Actually, the, 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 we, you mentioned, I think, 28 cities. No, we, we 42 people in 36 cities. Oh. I, I think we've grown since we last, yeah, <laughs> yes. last yeah. number. <laughs> so 42 people, 36 cities, 16 countries. Um, I, I joke that we just hired a guy in London and, uh, and, and we said, look, can you go somewhere more exotic? Because London <laughs> doesn't look so good on our list, you know? <laughs> Fine from there. We have a guy in Medellin, in Colombia. So um, he, he sends us um, screenshots that are so beautiful that three other people decided to go there. And they actually did before the virus. Really? moved. Yeah, to, it was a headquarter because uh, with the largest... Uh, number of people over there. So it's it's, um, completely transparent to us where people are, and it it works the same. I don't even know when I get on a call with somebody where that person is, and uh, the work gets done the same way. I just wanted to highlight that because um, uh, there are companies that do distribute it. Um, A lot of them don't, and a lot of them had to modernize for what they're dealing with with coronavirus right now. Um, But the fact that you've done it so successfully and that you advertise the fact that you've done it successfully, I think is something that people can learn from. Um, Because I know that like the the landscape of what a professional environment is is changing. Um, And I think more companies have to understand that they have to enable people to basically do what you're doing for the reasons you're saying. I, I just like that point a lot. Um, uh, the one thing I wanted to discuss, so again, you've taken the four companies to market. They're all, they've all been very different, but you obviously have some idea. You said product market fit. Um, you find that product market fit. So how do you find that product market fit? Do you have like a process or whatnot? And then how do you take the product to market agnostic of industry? I do have a process, uh, um, that, uh, came up with over the years, uh, it's based on an acronym, uh, and that acronym is BAGS. BAGS. I've never heard that one. Yeah. I, that's because I ha- haven't written my book yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> once, I, once I do it successfully, you will. Uh, it's, the, the idea is simple. is to say to have product market fit, your product has to be the best alternative for the goal of a segment. B-A-G-S. That's a so let's work, let's work it backwards. Uh, the first thing is segment. Uh, by that, you say you have to pick your segment of users, right? So it can be super broad. You can say, I'm going to go all, after all the teenagers and do Snapchat. Or it can be super narrow and you can say, I'm going to after the Enterprise 1000, the financial controller in the Enterprise 1000 company and these people at this particular goal. So the one is what goal is... is, is uh, uh, highly important to your segment and either poorly served or at least you have a hypothesis on that you're going to serve it better. And if you're going to serve it better, what you're going to do is a better alternative for that goal. I mentioned it in terms of better alternative. Often people say, what pain are you addressing? What pain are you addressing? And I, I often uh, make the point that when the iPhone came up, 
I was on the Sony Ericsson, and I loved my Sony Ericsson. And I had no pain. It was wonderful. But when I saw the iPhone, I said, wow, I want that, right? Right? The, it's just, it's, I have no pain. It's just the thing was so much done better, right? It was just mm-hmm. so much, such a better alternative. So, and you use it, so that's so much a better alternative. So very often, uh, um, companies showed up, and they're just a better alternative. It's the case with Slack. When Slack came up, we, I was on HipChat. I don't know if you're familiar with ZipChat, but it's a, a communication system like a, like Slack done by Atlassian. It was quite, quite well. We were quite happy. And then Slack showed up and said, oh, yeah, that's better. There's no question it's better. And if it's better, it's worth it. You switch. I remember Gmail when when uh, I was on the God knows what Gmail client, and people say, well, try Gmail. And you go to Gmail and say, oh, my God, it's better. So you nothing just, wrong with Hotmail, right? There was nothing wrong with Hotmail. Just people moved to Gmail. Yeah, well, there was nothing yeah. wrong except that the search was shitty and uh, there was no <laughs> storage. And then Gmail goes up there, look at that search, and say, fuck, that's amazing. Yeah. And and uh, and they went with it. So so that's the key thing. The product market fit is the is best alternative for the goal of a segment. The hard part, um, there are two hard parts with that. Uh, identify the segment is easy, right? You can decide which segment you're going to go after. The first hard part is Identify a goal. It sounds difficult. It sounds silly, but it's actually not never too clear whether people really have a goal. Um, there's a really good book about that called My Mom's Test, where uh, you know this guy's an entrepreneur and he goes to his mom and says, "Mom, I'm going to do a recipe book," and the mom says, "That's awesome. I'd love a recipe book." And then you look at it and say, "Well, does she really have a goal of finding recipes? And what evidence do I have that?" So let's look. Does my mom currently have recipes somewhere? And the other is no. So she doesn't have that goal, right? She, she doesn't look for recipes because she just doesn't have that goal. So often you ask people, they say, oh, yeah, 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 but they don't really have that goal, so a, a particular goal, or it's hard to identify clearly what the goal is. That's difficulty number one. Difficulty number two is once you've identified a good goal, you build a, an alternative that you think is better, but the actual evaluation of whether it's better is super tricky. Right. So, for example, uh, or this import, right, or concierge product. The alternative today, people submit a form and SDRs, salespeople, follow up. Instead, they submit a form, we connect in real time. Is that a better alternative for the goal of, of converting this traffic into uh, opportunity? In this case, yes, we do an A-B test, you see it works, it's simple. Now, uh, is, um, let's take an example with... Um, Teams, Microsoft Teams, they go after Slack, they do a new product. Is Microsoft Teams a better alternative? Well, that's super tricky, right? Because uh, they have copied some features, they have some other, they, 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 and sometimes you can just lose because you, you've done something that's good, but it's just not a better alternative. And and you think it's better because you're, it's your baby and you you love using it, but uh, but the rest of the market evaluate differently and uh, as a result uh, uh, don't give credit to your product so that's a framework uh, that's um, how we've gone after uh, the initial products at Chili Pepper with this framework uh, as I mentioned sometimes it's easier than others if you do B2C it's typically uh, harder it's very subtle right finding the better alternative for product is very hard in B2B typically uh, uh, it can be done better. For example, when I did my biometrics company, I had an inventor, and there was a benchmark on how reliable the face recognition was, right? So I didn't have to convince people this is so nice how my product behaved. We did the benchmark, we outscored everybody. I went to the, the Department of Homeland Security and said, look, you can have this level of security with, with ours, that's much better. And it was a no-brainer. Um, so it, it it's sometimes easier than others, and the B2C is typically harder, which is why you see uh, a lot of failure in the B2C space in the tech, tech, tech entrepreneurship, and also huge successes, because if you do succeed or do something better, then the market is, is, is massive, and you go as fast like Snapchat did, and, and um, TikTok, and you know these, these apps. So that's, that's the framework, um, and... Um, I think it's a lifelong learning to keep uh, I- improving uh, the, 
when when skills about product market fit it's a very simple framework in 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 you know if you look at it from a 30,000 foot view but it it's probably very difficult to actually implement but the the the, uh, the concept is very easy just make better things <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah, now, how do you make those things like, a, a bit more to it but yeah, yeah. yeah that's right, exactly but you, you'd be amazed uh, uh, a simple framework can help because, uh, like some people say, oh, I have a great idea. I'm going to do, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, a new solution to do this. And say, so, well, do you have any evidence that there's a segment whose goal it is to do this, right? And yeah. which segment is that? that? Already that narrows down the, the, the possibilities of what you can do. And then uh, so uh, it works. No, I love it. Um, I wanted to I wanted to ask a couple more questions just about um, like your insights over the over your years at at your companies and whatnot. But before I move off the topic um, with Chili Pipe, was there anything else that you wanted to to bring up that we didn't uh, discuss? Well, on the product side, I do want to bring up uh, uh, the fact that uh, it's an ongoing process. So uh, uh, you know, we did this concierge solution. It worked. We're selling, but then we keep asking ourselves, what else? What else mm-hmm. can we do? Right. So we're about to uh, release in private beta a, a new solution along the same lines of this simple idea. Say, why didn't people think of it earlier? And the idea is uh, to be able to comment in emails. So you work with the team. Uh, you get an email from your customers and you want to ping somebody to say, hey, can you help me with that? Yeah. It could be, or you, you are the head of a team, right? So you, you, you're you going to have your reps and it's it's very timely. Right now I get tons of pings from my reps saying, hey, they're asking for a special uh, favor, right? Because although they're affected this way, they, they, want, they need us to do something different for them. So you constantly have to uh, address particular exception, but you want the full context, right? If the rep tells you uh, they need to delay the start date, uh, do we agree to it? You want the full context. And so what we do is that we syndicate uh, email threads. We share the email threads. So for you, you'd say if one of your reps pings you, you'll see all the threads of all the exchange of information. And then you're able to give very uh, valuable uh, advice and make the right decision because it's a full context. So it's the idea to share email threads among people and let them comment and, and discuss around them. We're going to bring that to market in three weeks. We call it Collaborative Inbox. It's an extension in Gmail and soon in Outlook uh, to let people comment in, the, in their Gmail. We also have our own inbox where people can do a few more things. And uh, we went with the same bag thing, right? So which segment sells people? Uh, what is their goal? Is to provide the best answer to their customers uh, in, their, in their email, uh, the most appropriate answer, and plus getting the right decision faster. How to do that with uh, sharing of email thread and and um, commenting on them? Now that problem, a problem like that, how did you how did you come to the I, conclusion that this was something that you had to solve? Like that's what I really am interested in about because I understand it; it makes sense. But what what was the thing? What was the the straw that broke the camel's back? You said I can't deal with this anymore, and then that prompted this brainstorming session or whatever. How did that happen? So let me say, in the case of concierge or existing products, the way it came is that I talked to a lot of people. They told me I'm converting at 40 percent, and that hit me that it was mistaken. That you can't possibly lose 60 of your. So I saw the problem, and and uh, I think let's find a solution. So it was an engineering challenge to find a solution, but the problem was clear. In this case of a collaborative inbox, it's not the same because nobody came to me and say, I'm losing 60 of my emails, uh, yeah. right? Something like that. It, it, so it's, it was not a problem where it's a less fine solution. It was more of um, this concept of a better alternative and um, not the answer to your question, how did you come up with that solution? First, we thought we have to do better inbox there's got to be things that salespeople need in an inbox that are not well served that was the core theory because it seems odd that uh, my mother who's 90 uh, used the same tool as you she used gmail right um, 
to do her, to do what you do professionally and what she does as as, as, a, as an amateur. So somehow I think that it's very odd. So that came from that different angle where, where, where in a sense, we were looking for a problem, which is often very dangerous, right? Yeah. You imagine problems. But that's how we got started. We said, what, what things could be helpful? So we started exploring the, the, for example, integration with CRM, which is quite obvious, to give more context to the email, that makes sense. Um, obviously, um, taking action on email with serving a task, so say creating a task on email, so little ideas like that. And, and, then, and then we came up with the idea, said, well, how about the idea to be able to ping somebody on that particular email? Right, that would be helpful. Yeah. So that's how it came up. We, we, we were exploring ways that we could improve and we, we came up with that one. And what we did is that we deployed it internally. So we said, is it true that it's a better term? And, and we use it non stop, right? A whole sheet of comments and questions uh, from yeah. Chill Inbox. We call it Chill Inbox. And so that problem to, to be true. You're in, a, you're in a prime market for that too, um, because everybody's trying to figure out ways to collaborate. Right, so yeah. all these all these collaboration tools are so important now, and I think yeah. that as we come out of uh, coronavirus and hopefully life gets a little bit back to normal, I think the whole uh, you know ecos- ecosystem of of collaboration tools is going to become that much more important because you're going to have people that are going to push back on on having to work in office after they've been enabled to work from home and whatnot. So yeah, it's very timely and it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I have a couple. I, I thank you for for bringing that up because I like that, and I and I do like the that you point out. It's, it's sometimes it's sometimes dangerous to look for a problem, but if you know enough about your market and you can and you can sort of think through, that's why I also find why the most successful entrepreneurs are people that come from their own industry. I think that most are not all, but I think most are people that come from their own industry and they're solving a problem they already understand. Now you just you, you just have the ability to find problems in industries that uh, that you may have not grown up in, but still that's that really is the uh, that's the the way to be successful. I'm pretty sure as an entrepreneur. Yes, of course, it's it's, it's uh, more likely to succeed if you really know your industry, your problems, and and the yeah. the question. Yeah, no, that's very good. Um, a couple of questions, like uh, I guess life questions, is probably the best way to put them. Um, what what would you one lesson that you would tell uh, your younger self, your twenty year old self, that would sort of take you to where you were uh, either quicker or or help you along the way? Yeah, I'd say just go for it earlier. You know, I became an entrepreneur. I think I was twenty eight, so it's reasonably early. But I, uh, if I'd known, I would have been done it earlier. Uh, so have more uh, confidence in yourself, but do your homework. So when I look at the things that where 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 I had some problem of failing, it's, it's always because uh, you I didn't do my homework. Well, by that I mean I didn't research enough the market. I didn't talk to enough people. I didn't go and gather enough data. It's always, uh, and data sounds abstract, but it's really go and go do your homework in the reality. Make sure that you've talked to a lot of customers. Uh, don't don't fool yourself. Uh, make sure you. You're objective. And, uh, so the combination of the two, which is, uh, in one hand, have more confidence, but then don't don't earn that confidence in yourself by doing the homework. I love it. Um, where do you go to uh, to learn? Do you have a, a, a mentor or a person, or do you have a book that you recommend, podcast? Um, what's your go-to resource? Uh, uh, books. I go to uh, books and and um, and uh, and then I do a lot of research on on my own. So, um, it's, podcast is relatively new, so to me, to me, uh, because I don't. So one of the great things about working remotely is that we don't have any commute. We don't, right? Yeah. I don't get in the car 45 minutes in the morning. So a lot of people listen to the podcast in their car That's and true. they have yeah. a chance. So now I've gone into podcasts and I love it. And I'm glad that you have put together your podcast. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, you don't know. Uh, no, so <laughs> this is not, a, this is not a, an invitation to, to I, promote my podcast. I want to. I'm just, uh, look, it's great. Uh, uh, thank you. I'm just finding that. Uh, you can learn a lot from podcasts. So my source of information is diverse in that way. Books, podcasts, online reading. Do, do you have like a like a title that uh, that you would recommend that people 
that you're reading? These, these days, we at Chili Pepper, we're spending a lot of time on the book uh, by Chris Voss called Never Split the Difference. Yes, yeah. Because he does a really good uh, analytical uh, job uh, around uh, why people make certain decisions, uh, how to uh, get them on the right tracks. So that that's a strong one. But there are a lot of them, right? We, yeah. There's so much we need to learn all together, right? So yeah, yeah I but, think that's the the overall lesson is to is to just you know just keep keep something ongoing if it's a podcast book, whatever. Just have that, you know. For me, I've actually um, I've gravitated more towards podcasts just because I find them easier and they're bite sized and they don't take as much commitment to, to consume, yeah. you know. And you get access to all these incredible people quite quickly, but. I've also, you know, there's books that I uh, that I love and and I've I've read Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss and I in the the hostage negotiator turns sales coach whatever I, I love it. Um, yeah. How do uh, how do people connect with you or Chili Piper if they want to uh, reach out? Um, they can just come to our website chilipiper.com. Uh, it's a play on word, right? So it's not Pepper, it's Piper. Yeah, and and then if they want to connect with me, so I know it's going to sound crazy, but uh, I was always on the quest of more productivity. I want to be more productive, and so I tried a whole bunch of to-do lists, and I found that um, my to-do list kept increasing instead of decreasing. So it was more and more there. So I thought that's not right. So. I decided to uh, start another company and do my own to-do list with a twist, with a focus on achieving. And so the idea that uh, we went live uh, a couple of weeks ago is called Gypsy Time, Gypsy Time. And what it does is that it helps you, when you get to a task, it helps you focus. So it, it, it closed down on your tabs, mm. it gets you focused. And when you finish, it will reopen your tabs and take you back where we are. So if you, uh, that's the other place where you can find me on the internet. If you go to Gypsy Time uh, uh, on that website, this is a tool I'm using to uh, be more productive and uh, everybody can try it. Gypsy Time is spelled uh, G-I-P-S-Y. That's the spelling of Gypsy. There's a whole bunch of possible ways to spell Gypsy and that's the way we choose. So gypsytime.com. What's, uh, how did you get the, the motivation for the name? What's, what's the, is it like a, is there, a, is there a story behind it? I'm curious. There is a story behind it. Uh, uh, my wife, Alina, is from Romania. Yeah. All right. There's a lot of, of gypsies over there. Yeah. And, and uh, we, uh, we had a little uh, baby. And, and so as it looks like a gypsy. But of course, uh, the gypsies exist upset. So it was a yeah. joke on her. It was a joke on her. Same <laughs> thing. <laughs> well, I think the, 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 a little gypsy is going to help me to start it. The the premise is smart. Um, you 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 know about like flow state and 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 that those concepts, just like being able like to be hyper focused, like that. That's exactly what you're doing. I like the, the some of the ideas you bring are very very smart, and they're things that like we all try and do, but we've never found products for. Like I would, right. I think that. Like you have an app that closes down my tabs and, and shuts off all the things. I have to do that myself or else I don't get any work done. So it, it, yeah, that's right. So yeah. It does it, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So that's all I got. Um, so, so thank you very much. I really appreciate the chat. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was very no, fun. no, my pleasure. Um, so just to, to close it off, this has been another episode of the success story podcast. Um, if you haven't already, please like, uh, subscribe, uh, share with all your friends, families, peer, coworkers. Um, you can always leave us a rating. Any rating is fine as long as it includes five stars. And if you uh, haven't already, um, you can catch this podcast wherever you can download or stream podcasts, and you can also watch it on YouTube. Uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, this is Scott signing off. Have a great week. Have a productive week, and we'll speak again soon. Bye now. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it. 
each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much indeed for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work, and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 